Each choice we make moves us toward fear or love. On my Life and Laughter podcast, we'll talk about those choices and learn how to attract more love and connection and laughter. This is Perry Kinder. Let's get started. Hey, Life and Laughter listeners. Thank you for joining me again today on my podcast. I love this so much and I love that you're tuning in to hear the people I interview and to hear my solo podcast. So thank you so much for being fans. You guys are amazing. And today I've got such a fun guest today and I've got ulterior motives to bring her on the show. So I'm going to pick her brain a lot. So hopefully she doesn't mind, but I have Marla D on the show. Hi, Marla. How are you? Hello. I am in an excited grateful, joyful place right now. Oh, perfect. That makes for the best podcasts. So let me introduce people to you who might not have heard of you. So Marla D has been a professional organizer for 22 years. So she has seen your pain. She, she has seen your closets and your whatever she's been there, but she's here to change that with her contagious enthusiasm. Marla shares her belief that living organized is a skill anyone can learn. So why bother learning the skill? because getting organized frees you to be present for what matters most. Her clear and simple steps teach where to start, what to do, and how to keep it up. And once you learn the steps, you can master the skill of organizing and use this skill for the rest of your life. Marla is a master messenger, an international speaker, and has trained students from nine countries. She has appeared on numerous TV, radio, and podcast programs throughout the years, but none as best as mine, so... There's that. Yeah, that's right. She that is the author. The <laughs> she is the author of Get Organized, The Clear and Simple Way, and The Art of Letting Go and Others. If you are ready for a change, Marla will will set you free of the clutter and chaos at last. So officially, welcome Marla D. Thank you, Perry. So how did you get involved with organizing? Have you have you were you always an organized child? Did you organize your family home or did you have to train yourself to do this? What a great question. I will share that, yes, I feel I was a born organizer, but we're going to talk more about the fact that only 10% of people are born organizers. Really? With what I call the organizing gene. Yep. 10%. I was only 10%, but I was born into a family of 10 children as the second oldest. Oh. And there was a lot of chaos in the home that I, I grew up can't in. can't even imagine. Yeah, and so I'm very, very compassionate and empathetic towards the overwhelm and the dysfunction that clutter and disorganization cause. And so even though I was born with that, I don't feel like I ever got to live in that until I was graced with, you know, stepping into my organizing business, which was not a plan on my part. (laughs) We came out of going through... um, the Artist Way, the book by Julia Cameron, book, yes. yeah, with a group of people. And that group helped me to see that stepping into a room filled with chaos and clutter and craziness and organizing it is, is how I love to create in this world. Wow. So it was literally on the heels of that awareness, Perry, that within two weeks, I got a call from someone out of the blue asking if I could help her. And that was back in April of 1999, and that is how my business began. I love that. I love that you define it as creative. It's a creative skill Mm -hmm. to create order out of chaos. So, yeah, yeah, I love that, 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 that you call that that, because we don't always think of organizing as being creative, be creation or creative. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. 
Absolutely. Oh, and it is a skill. We are going to focus on that know, today. It is a skill that most people are not born with. And even if you were born with it, by using the steps that I'm going to share with you today, you will get better and better and better, and it will get easier and easier and more fun. Oh, that's what that's I'm all about. Being easy and fun. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not, I, I wouldn't, I'm not what I would call organized, but I'm really good mm. at tossing things out. Mm-hmm. I don't like clutter. Mm-hmm. clutter. It drives my husband nuts because I throw everything away. And he, <laughs> he's the opposite. He, everything is memorial, you know, it's m- memorable to him and valuable. And he's got a story attached to it. And I just like, no, throw it away, throw it away, <laughs> throw it away. So I'm kind of, because um, I think I feel really overwhelmed when I feel like I have a lot of stuff around me. Yeah. And I think that's probably yeah. where most people start is that feeling of overwhelm. Like, oh, there's just too much. I don't know where to start. And the overwhelm really stems from fear, you know, a fear of how do I get out of this? What do I do? So how does fear and overwhelm actually stop us from being organized? Such a good question. I really believe that every choice that we make in our lives comes down to fear or trust. Amen. That's my my message. (laughs) And I wrote a sweet little ebook called The Art of Letting Go. Um, back in 2012, after losing both my parents um, oh, no. within a year of each other. And uh, I'll, I'll share at the end how you can get a hold of that. That's just free Great. for anybody out there. And ART stands for acceptance, release, and trust. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. <laughs> I love it too. And going through those three steps is what helps people go from a place of fear or trust and, you know, fear is normal and natural. I mean, it comes up because I've been triggered and my body's just trying to survive, right? My body's just trying to stay alive. But that fear is so crippling if I let it take over. And so as I step you through the art of letting go, um, I'll just share a couple of, of examples. So it starts with acceptance. And I need to accept exactly where I am today. You know, and I have some questions in that ebook that will will help you with that. And I'll just give you an example in a moment. So usually that resist that fear comes because I'm resisting right. <laughs> um, reality, right? I'm existing <laughs> what's happening in present time. Denial. So yeah. some of those questions with acceptance would just be, you know, what am I having a hard time accepting? And why am I having a hard time? And what am I telling myself? about being stuck or what am I telling myself about the fear and then acknowledging those feelings you know I can accept that I'm scared I can accept that I feel hopeless right hopeless or helpless are very very common and then just start with you know asking where can I begin my acceptance so what is in front of me and what would it be like to be set free of that you know because until I come to a place of acceptance, I can't make a change. That's really powerful. It is very powerful. And then once I land in that place of acceptance, release is the next step. And I always like to think of release as the exhale, right? Oh, right. So acceptance is the inhale where you go, okay, this is what's going <laughs> on. I'm willing to be with it. And then release is the exhale. It's saying, okay, now that I've accepted it, I can exhale and I can move into what it is that I'm, I'm ready to change or what it is that I want to deal with. 
And then that moves me into a place of, of trust. And I have this great um, little visual that goes with the trust step. So I always like to ask, I can either choose clutter or clearing. I can choose holding on or letting go. I can choose to stay stuck or move. I will stay in panic or move to peace. And then that's what brings me down to fear or trust. So if I just realize that, yes, I'm experiencing fear, but I'm going to choose trust. You just summed up my entire podcast. I just love <laughs> that was, it so That was much. perfect. That was perfect. <laughs> yeah, the art of letting go. <laughs> so what are, yeah. some, what are some small steps that people can take um, to get Ooh. started, um, to get past the overwhelm or the frustration or the, their own shame or their own judgment about what's going on? And how yes. do they get, how do they even get to that acceptance phase because getting right. there because it sounds easy you know just accept and release and yeah. trust which is beautiful yeah, yeah, yeah. but if you if you can't even get to the acceptance part like oh wow there's there's a problem here i'm stuck <laughs> i'm right? stuck yeah I'm how do you get stuck. to the point where you could admit that and move forward yeah. yeah so i like to start out with acknowledging the shame first of all i'm really glad that you asked about that the shame and judgment mm-hmm. and this is where i want to bring up the the reality that only 10 to 12 percent of the human population on the planet earth carry <laughs> are born with the organizing gene. Wow. I, yeah, I don't, <laughs> with I don't have it. innate skill is what I mean by that. So you know people who are born music, musicians, mm-hmm. right? They can pick up an instrument and play music, whether they've had lessons or not. Born organizers are the same. They can go into a, a room just filled with clutter and disorganization. And, you know, within a couple hours later, the room is just so much better right? They just start moving the stuff and they know instinctively what to do. Well, if you send the, uh, any human being that's the other 90% of the population <laughs> into that same room, two hours later, it looks so much worse. <laughs> and everybody's angry. The stuff and they start making messes and they get really frustrated and overwhelmed. So recognizing that um, if you're not a born organizer, you are in the majority. Mm. So let go of the shame. Let it go. Okay. That would be like expecting me to sit down at the piano and play a song that I have never been taught. We wouldn't expect someone to do that when it comes to the music skill, but we expect ourselves and everyone we know to just know how to organize. Wow. That's so, that's, that's a great comparison. Literally insane to expect that, to right. expect it of our children, to expect it of our employees, to expect it of our parents or loved ones <laughs> is insane. So let's let that go. <laughs> and then the other thing I like to say about the shame and the judgment is that for some reason, oh my gosh, we have such expectations of ourselves to be organized. We need each other. So the best tip I can give you is get an organizing buddy. Oh, get a buddy, get somebody that you love and trust. And Oprah talked about this many years ago. Get a buddy, go to each other's homes or workspaces once a month and help each other. Okay. Rather than live in this place of judgment that I shouldn't have this disorganization, just recognize, accept that that's normal and go help each other. And then how do I do that? So my steps for, you know, how to actually get through the stuckness and the frustration. This is the reason that I created the clear and simple way 
to get organized, the clear and simple steps. I realized my first year in business that surprise, surprise, Perry, my clients are not like me. (laughs) And I like to sum this up by saying the 90% of the population not born with the skill do not know where to start, what to do, or how to keep it up. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I developed the clear and simple steps. There's two sets of step and, and the first steps are see it, map it, do it. So before diving in to the organizing, which is the do it step, we take the see it and the map it steps first. So see it stands for take a look at where you've been and where you're at. Map it stands for make a plan for where you want to go. Then we do the do it step, (laughs) which is take the actions to get it done. And, um, you know, I have another resource for all your listeners that we'll share at the end. Um, That's a free little ebook that takes them through these steps, but I'll simplify it here for the see it step. If you will literally take five minutes before you start into your project. Okay, Perry, what's a project you would do right now? It would be helpful. Throw what one out at me. That we Probably organizing my closet. Okay, closet's such a great yeah. one. Okay, so before you start hauling all the clothes <laughs> It's not tons. Like I said, I throw stuff out all the time, but yeah, I yeah. do my closet, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I love doing that. I do it every year, actually. <laughs> I do it too often. And I probably throw so things before, out I shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, before you start touching the stuff, which is the do it step, I'm going to invite you and your listeners to take three to five minutes and sit down and write what's working, what's not working, and why. That's my favorite way to do the see it step. What's working, what's not working, and why. And you can either do that in writing or you can literally take a picture. This is so fun. Take a picture of the project, your closet, and then look at the picture and go, okay, what's working here? Well, what's not working? Okay, why? Because all you're trying to do is get an understanding of what's there, okay? We can't create a meaningful change or a lasting change unless we get honest about what's going on. Sure. But we don't want that to be loaded. So all you're doing is taking a look. In the map step, my favorite way to do this is just answer the question, how do I want my closet to look, feel, and function when I'm done. Doesn't that sound easy? That sounds really easy and hopeful. <laughs> and hopeful, yeah. right? You're envisioning like there's a path. here. Yeah, you're just getting a vision of what you want. You're not mapping out how you're going to do it. You're getting a vision of what you want. So how do I want the space to look, feel, and function when I'm done? And in today's world of Pinterest and Instagram, a really fun way to do the map a step is, you know, go out there and explore. How do you want it to look, feel, and function when you're done? So let that be easy. Let it be playful. Okay. And then we move into the do it step. <laughs> then we start touching the stuff. <laughs> and... Um, The do it step does get pretty loaded, Perry, obviously, Mm -hmm, right? Because we are touching the stuff. Right, right. And uh, because of that, the do it step gets its own set of steps. Mm. And that is called stacks. Stacks stands for sort, toss, 
assign, contain, keep it up, and simplify. Mm. Sort, toss, assign, contain, keep it up, and simplify. So the way you can remember this is what am I going to do with the stacks and stacks of stuff? (laughs) (laughs) And these, these steps came out of, you know, like I said, when I started my business and realized that people weren't born like me, I thought I have got to have a way to teach them how to teach them the skill. And that's, that's how these steps were born. And, um, my, my husband, Jim, and my sister, Sharon, who's written so many of my materials through the years, helped me come up with, with these steps. And I'll never forget when Jim and I were talking about how could we break this, this do it step down into pieces. And, and he's the one that kept saying, what do we do with the piles? What do we do with the piles? And then we said, what do we do with all the stacks of stuff? And that's how stacks was born. It's <laughs> brilliant. It really is brilliant. Yeah, it really, actually, it really gives you, so you're not feeling overwhelmed. You're just following the next right. step. You just take just the next step. Just following the next step, one step at a time. And the brilliance of stacks, Perry, is that the steps build on each other. So when you follow the steps, you are asking one question, making one decision and taking one action at a time. So the reason that the do a step is so loaded is because we're hauling out all the steps, all the stuff, and we're trying to make multiple decisions at once. Mm. Do I keep it or let it go? Where is it going to go? What's it going to go in? How did it get here? How am I going to maintain this? Who's going to maintain this? Right. It's exhausting. Right. So we all know now that each decision takes brain power. And so by asking only one question, making only one decision and taking one action, the whole thing is easier. So when you sort, you're asking, what is it? When you toss, you're asking, Am I going to keep it or let it go? Assign, where is it going to go? Contain, what is it going to go in? Keep it up, how do I maintain this? Simplify, how can I simplify this moving forward? So once you sort, you can see what you have. Right, (laughs) things you forgot all about. (laughs) How many of that kind of top you have, right? Rather than trying to touch everything in the closet (laughs) and trying to decide what to keep it or let it go. How many white tops of the same type do I have? Classic story from a real client was 88 of the same type of white top. I don't even own 88 tops total that's crazy. <laughs> all scattered throughout multiple oh closets. my gosh okay wow. so once you can once you sort first which is super easy when all you're doing is sorting okay what is it like with like super super easy to do then you can see how much you have and then the toss is easier. Oh my gosh, I really don't need this many of this same type of top. Um, and then once you've tossed, which is usually, Perry, about 60% of what people have. That's wow. the average of what they can let go of. That's a lot. And once again, way easier if you do the sort first. Mm-hmm. So once you do the toss, now what's left is what you're going to organize. So that's when you go, okay, where is it going to go? What is the best room, closet, shelf to put this item on? And then once you know where it's going to go, 
asking what it's going to go in is easier. <laughs> what a novel idea. Yeah. Rather than going out and buying the containers first, which oh, is what everybody loves such a good point. I, I know. I love containers, yes. and then they sit around and I just store containers. <laughs> it's like, this I isn't know. helping. It's a fun part, but we spend more money, way more money. Take more time, more energy, more frustration with how to contain everything mm -hmm. than if we just do the sort, toss, and assign first. Then I ask, what's it going to go in? And then the keep it up, you know, it would be really nice if once we got it all beautifully organized, if the keep it up would just happen magically. But I always say <laughs> it's kind of like getting all the dishes washed, and then within an hour, there's dirty dishes in the sink. So we use our stuff right? And the chaos and the disorganization is going to happen. So the keep it up is once I'm done with this project, all you're going to do is ask yourself, this is such a brilliant system, Perry. It is. What is, what is, let's take your clothes closet. What is one action that I'm going to do daily, weekly, monthly, and annually to maintain this space? That's what so can smart, I do yeah. daily, weekly, monthly, and annually to maintain this space? And you could add seasonally mm -hmm. if you wanted to. And just identify that, and you'd be amazed at how much that, the keep it up then just tends to happen so much easier. Right. And simplify, of course, I'm obsessed with simplifying. It's why I named my business Clear and Simple. It is my passion in life is trying to make things simple for people. So just asking that question of what is one thing I can do? What is one thing I can do in my clothes closet? What is one thing I can do in my workspace that will simplify this moving forward? Just a powerful question to ask. So that is stacks in action. You know, I love you I love the thought process because usually we just think it has to be, we just have to get the stamina and jump in and start throwing things out. But I love how you, yeah. you map it out so carefully. So you're, you're just guiding yourself toward the outcome, which I think is just mm -hmm. so smart. So smart. Brilliant. That's why, that's why I call a, I call see it, map it, do it in stacks, the ABCs of organizing. So once you learn the ABCs, you then can create a word or read a word and then a sentence and then a paragraph and then a book. Right. Once you learn, see it, map it, do it in stacks and you practice them on a small project and then a larger project, <laughs> You will develop the skill, and I promise you, because I have taught these to thousands of people over the last 23 years now, that organizing gets easier and more fun. And I like what you said. Maybe maybe starting with my closet would be too much. Maybe I start with my, my sock drawer. <laughs> yeah. That's and just go through my idea. sock drawer or, or your silverware drawer or a, your spice cabinet. I mean, you don't have mm -hmm. to tackle everything all at once. And I think and we have to shouldn't. think, yeah, and I think we think that we have to get it all done in the day. And yeah, yeah you shouldn't. shouldn't. You, you asked for some of my tips and I'll just insert one here. I, I always, always teach, start with a small project and then build. Yeah. And I'm a big believer in for each season, just choose one small, one medium and large project for the season. Oh, that's smart. I oh like my that. gosh. Yeah. That works. It really, really works. And so maybe for... You know, the the um, summer season, 
you want to really focus on your closet. And so you decide what small project in there can I do, what medium and what large. Maybe maybe the large project for the summer season is your bedroom. And so you decide, well, I'm I'm going to do my dresser and then I'll do my closet and then I'll do the rest of the room. Yeah, it really helps. Yeah, because I have found so much of the overwhelm for people is that they're carrying all of the projects in their body and their brain all the time. Oh, that's exhausting. It's so exhausting. And then they can't even start. Yeah. They, you know, they Just don't the even overwhelm. know where to start. Yeah. It's the overwhelm. Yeah. So that's definitely, definitely one of my tips. And that's what the steps are doing is they're just breaking it down into pieces so that you can actually, wouldn't it be great if you could get the project done rather than just thinking about it <laughs> or starting in getting overwhelmed and giving up right, or getting mad that it's not getting done. And yes. why is it my job to get it done? Yeah. <laughs> yes, so so yes, let's go back yeah. to the, the toss it. Um, I know yeah. all people hold on to things because of their emotional value. Um, I know there's lots of, you know, there's the Swedish death cleaning and there's Marie Kondo. What, what are your tips for emotionally being able to toss things that maybe the dress you wore to your mother's wedding or the, the pants you wore when you got, when you met your husband, I don't know what you're, what you're keeping, but how do you, how do you get past the emotional side of, and be able to let those things go? And, and do I'm we need so to? I'm so glad you asked that. Yes, we do, actually. <laughs> okay, good to know, because I threw out the dress I wore to my mom's wedding. <laughs> yes, we really <laughs> I was doing some do. rage cleaning, and I thought, oh, maybe I should have kept that. <laughs> That's what I organize is when I'm angry. If you let it go, let you it go. let it go. I did. It's, it's gone. In the, it's in the past. And that, that would be my number one tip, is letting go of the past frees me to be in the present. Mm, that really is beautiful. Okay. Yeah. So does this item support me in my present time life? Does this item support me in who I am right now or who I want to become? Mm. And if not, it's time to let it go. Right. That would be one. Am I holding on from a place of fear or trust? Mm. So much of that holding on is coming from a place of fear. You know, I promise you that uh, if you hold to that belief of I, I will have what I need when I need it. And you know how that happens. The universe is brilliant. It's so intelligent yeah. at providing what I need when I need it. I do not need to hold on just in case. We call that the just in case syndrome. Mm. I, love that. <laughs> um, I definitely do not need to be holding on stuff for other people that is not my job okay not my job it's also I work with a lot of people later on in life and parents out there it is not your job to be the warehouse or the storage unit for your kids stuff oh I hope every parent heard that (laughs) with their basements full of stuff of your kids your yeah it's not your job to store it for them okay once they become adults they're adults (laughs) I have a 38-year-old son and a daughter turning 28 next week. And when they left, they took their stuff with them. It is also not your job to uh, be the storage unit for your dead relatives' things. Oh, wow. Okay. There's so much guilt behind that, though. You know, I can't throw throw this out. It was my great-grandmother's handkerchief. You (laughs) can't. 
If I could get up on my preacher stand, you know, uh, and say to you that the best gift you can give your children is to deal with your own stuff now. It's your stuff. It's your clutter. It's your disorganization. And uh, it's not theirs to deal with when you're gone. The last thing somebody wants to deal with when they, they lose a loved one is clutter and disorganization. Oh, yeah. So what prompted me writing the, the ebook, The Art of Letting Go, was when I lost both my parents within a year of each other, 2012 and 2013. And we had downsized them. We had gone through their stuff. My father had put all of his financial affairs in order. Um, they were both living in a small space at the time. My mom had Alzheimer's. She had one room. My dad had a lot of medical issues. He basically had one room. And to have consciously gone through their home with them while they were still alive and clear it. And every one of the 10 kids, I come from a family of 10, every child had gone in and picked their treasures already, Perry. Wow. Do you know how huge that is? Oh my gosh, it's so freeing for the adult. It's so freeing for the kids and all of the relatives. Oh, this is so loaded for me still. Oh, so sorry. When I lost them, one of the greatest surprises was that we got to celebrate them and greet them and not have any stress over the stuff. And that was the opposite of what I had had for years with my clients where they have now lost a loved one when they are stressed to the max because they don't even know where the will is, much less what to do with this house parked and filled with stuff. And so many of the older adults that I support and teach now um, are highly motivated to deal with their stuff because they went through their parents' stuff mm -hmm. and they do not want their kids and I'm telling you, within months after losing both my parents, I had a, my 28-year-old nephew passed away very unexpectedly oh, wow. with a wife and two children and a business and a home, and he hadn't done anything. And that was the most stressful thing for his wife and his loved ones was, you know, the fact that now there was all this chaos. So I think people of all ages need to be putting their affairs in order. And that's why I like seeing all the things that we have out there right now, like the Swedish death system, because we need that wake-up call. You know, this country is the one that has created more clutter. Oh, I know. And Seriously, capitalism. Else. We need to be responsible. I need to be responsible for my own stuff. So I'll get off my little preacher stand. On no, that, I think there's that's a few things. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. Yeah, when when my mom knew she was gonna die, she had mm -hmm. breast cancer for a long time, and she was in North Carolina, and they loaded up a U-Haul with all of her stuff and brought it to Utah, and just put it mm -hmm. on my sister's lawn and said, "Take what you want. We're Make taking it. the rest to DI." So okay, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> and it was great. We, it, it was fun to look through everything with with my mom because I, we talked about the books that she brought and how much we loved the books and the and the art that she brought. So we got to relive all of that. And then we were able to let it go. Like we, we have the memories. We don't need to have the actual physical, you know, book or the we physical shirt. Stuff. Yeah. We have the <clears throat> memories of what that meant to her. And, yeah. and it was really, it was really powerful. So yeah, it, that was a really, really great experience. It was weird. There is, there was is great. an excellent book out there by Peter, Qual Peter Walsh. 
Peter Walsh called letting let letting go. <laughs> Let's see if I can get that out. And uh, Peter Walsh was the first one that did a hoarding show on television many years ago. And he wrote this book after losing his mother. Mm. And one of the things he talks about that I strongly believe in, Perry, is always start with choosing the treasures. Mm. So choose your top three treasures from each of your parents. And if, or even if you're going through your own stuff or you're helping a loved one go through their stuff, start with pulling out the stre- the treasures because then letting go of the other stuff is so much easier. It's not a treasure. Yeah. You'd be amazed. And so let's start there. Yeah, and let go of the guilt. You know, your parents don't want oh, you to feel, yes. have, make, your, make your life harder. They, well, most parents don't want to make your life harder, but your right. parents probably don't want to make your life harder. So don't have to feel like you have to yeah. keep everything that they ever owned in their lives. No, yeah. you don't. I love that. That's that's really smart. And so, so what are some other that. yeah, what are some other areas that we don't think about organizing that you help people organize? Because I think when I think of organizing, I think of cleaning your closets and your kitchen and the fridge. <laughs> but you do a lot more than that. So what are some other ways you help people get organized? One of the reasons I love see it map, I do it in stacks is because they apply to any organization in your life. Um, besides the physical stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, and I'll start with saying that in terms of making it easier for people and, you know, other areas that I help them organize, knowing that this is a skill, you want to make sure that everybody in your life recognizes that it's a skill that can be taught. Mm-hmm. So parents out there, best thing in the world you can do that you know, for your kids, it's going to change the course of their life is teach them these steps. Mm. Remember, you know, the odds are that if you have more than one child, <laughs> a child can be born with the organizing gene or not. Right. So teach them the skill, recognize that that's where you want to start in their lives before, you know, you expect them to go in there and just clean up their space. So teach your children, teach your employees, teach the people that you care about in your life um, the steps so that it's easier for everybody. Make sure you and your organizing buddy are using the steps because, you know, what I found is if you have, if you're born with the organizing gene, you're often asked to help people. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You get roped into it. Do their projects. Yeah, you're pulled (laughs) into it. So make sure that you're using the steps and then the people that you help know about the steps. Okay. Um, so there's the physical stuff, but there's also projects. So there's project management, um, the, the clear and simple steps help with projects. They help with doing a garden. You know, they help with your garage. They help with your junk drawer. They help with your uh, pantry. They literally will work for any project, any personality, and any age. Mm. That's really important for for me to talk about. And then, um, as I already mentioned, just laying out which projects do you want to do for which seasons. Now, if I had to choose two areas that I think are the most important, Perry, it's the bedroom and your workspace. Oh, interesting. I thought you were going to say kitchen. (laughs) So if you're wondering, well, see if a person is spending a lot of time in the kitchen, right? then that's a crit. So when I say your workspace, it's looking at not only your work in the world, but where are you spending a lot of your time? 
Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Your time and energy. So do those first. The bedroom, because, you know, a third of our time, a third of our body's time is spent in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. And regardless of the fact that we are sleeping, your body is feeling the energy in there. Right. Oh, that's, so if that's your bedroom true. is yeah. cluttered and chaotic, your body is feeling that all the time that it's in there. So that's my favorite room to start with. And then look at your workspace. And I like that you mentioned that because I, I believe there's energy in the things we bring into our homes, into our lives. And if there, mm-hmm. yeah, if, if there's so much energy, like going into a thrift store is completely overwhelming to me. There's so much energy oh, there. Yes. I just can't do it. It just, I, yes. I'm in and I'm Completely. out. But I think if you bring mm-hmm. all that stuff into your home, all that different energy, like you said, making your life clearer and simpler, cleaner and simpler, mm-hmm. um, eliminates a lot of that chaotic energy that you're surrounding mm-hmm. yourself with. Yeah. And, you know, look at where you're stuck right now. Um, one of the questions that you Uh, sent out to me that I thought was so great that I've been sitting with is, you know, when does somebody actually need to get help from a professional organizer? And uh, I always say when you are stuck Mm. or overwhelmed, so all the time you want to move (laughs) forward, but you're stuck (laughs) and overwhelmed. And something that I like to share that most people don't realize. So I've been doing organizing for let's see, 1999 going on 24 years now. And I have hired personally professional organizers for 20 plus of those years. Oh, I feel so much so better. So that my organizing hired, friend organizes, hires organizers. Oh, I do because I know how smart it is. <laughs> so if it's my stuff, I tend to get stuck and overwhelmed. I can help you with your stuff, Perry. <laughs> But when it's right. my stuff, it it's is the blind spots. That's simple, yeah, exactly. right? That's so funny. It's just not. <laughs> and I'll just get real with it and say that um, two months ago, I hired my business partner, Kate Fair, who is brilliant. I said, Kate, what would it cost me to have you come for two days? She lives in Portland. I live down near Fish Lake in Utah, out in the country. Beautiful. What would it cost me um, to have you come for two days? And go through the areas and the layers where I am stuck. I am ready to address these, but I cannot do it myself. I've tried. Mm. And that's what I did. And she came. And Perry, I can't even put into words the experience of having her guide me over the course of those, those two days through various areas in my home. And I told her when she left, I not only felt free again but I felt in love with my space again and in love with my life again like this feels so good (laughs) and that's what people tell us you know is uh oh my gosh well we teach them the steps and they say oh my gosh I can do this now nobody ever taught me how and then when we get to go in there and help them they go Oh, I love how this feels. Right. So please don't, you know, stress yourself and punish yourself. And it doesn't have to cost a lot of money to hire a professional organizer. It can literally be that you hire one to consult with you once a month mm-hmm. and keep you going. Right. So there's virt- virtual organizing now. My business partner does a lot of that. You know, it doesn't have to be them coming in for days and days and spending all this money. They can just help you through the journey. So I did want to make sure 
That's that great. I mentioned that. Yeah. That makes me feel so much better that you had to hire somebody or that you were oh, able to hire I somebody. I do. And it's I'm a, wonderful. <laughs> I got one last question. Uh, you mentioned, yeah. you know, your kids, teaching your kids this and teaching whoever. Mm-hmm. So w- if you have a house full of people who all have different ideas of what it means to be organized, like you tell your kids, clean your room, and they, they sit on their bed and pick up a book, and, and, you, and you yell. He's like, I told you to clean your room. You didn't do anything. How do you, I mean, because you always assume that your way is the correct way. How do you learn what their organizing skills are? And, and using the steps to teach them, obviously, is a great place to start. But if you have a spouse who doesn't think they need to be organized or they, they like the way things are, but it drives you batshit crazy, how do you, how do you compromise with something like your children or your spouse or maybe you're living with your parents? How do you work around that? That is loaded, you know. I, I know. I know. <laughs> I've had kids. I've had spouses. I know. <laughs> whenever, whenever I speak, um, it's always the first question that I get asked when it's time for, <laughs> for questions. What do you do when? Fix my husband. You Fix married. my kids. <laughs> yes. I married the opposite of me because that's how nature is, right? We attract our opposite. Right. Uh, so I would love to share two things on that. You've got to use the steps. So introduce the steps to your family. Introduce the steps to your organization. What they do is they neutralize it. Mm. So use the analogy of the ABCs. Okay, we all learn the ABCs because we all want to learn how to, we want to know how to read because that's going to help us function in our daily life. So we're all going to learn the organizing steps because we all want to be organized, but in a way that works for each individual. So the beauty of the steps is they neutralize the organizing. They take the charge out of it from my way or your way, good or bad. Because when you're asking, how do I want the space to look, feel, and function when I'm done, each person gets to decide what that is for them. Mm. And I'm a big believer in each person in that home needs to have their own space. If they don't get to have their own room, they need a part of that room. Um, The two partners need to have a space that is their own. And then there's what I call the common areas. Okay, so the kitchen is a common area. The living room is a common area. You come together as a group and you decide what is the keep it up for the common areas that everybody agrees on. Here's what we do daily. Here's what we do weekly, monthly, and annually to maintain this space. You will be blown away at what a difference that makes. I've always said that the the MAPIT step can literally save marriages because wow. if you have the two people who both use, let's say they both use the home office. And yeah, that's divorce. That's divorce land. It can be divorce <laughs> land. So if you have each of them go through the, see it in the map at step and they eat right, each write out, how do I want the space to look, feel and function when we're done? And then they sit down together and they share. Oh my goodness. Their understanding of each other's personalities and what they need to make it work. It's like you just turn the lights on. Wow. That's yeah, life-changing. So definitely, definitely use the steps and then help people to see that this is a language that's going to allow each of us to function in and to love our space. Oh, that's just perfect. That was A plus. It's amazing. A plus, Marla. <laughs> 
it's great. It, it's it's really amazing. So how, and then to honor the fact that we are different personalities, right? Right. Yeah. So that's why we need it. We need our own space, and we need to actually acknowledge and honor and bring part bring the strength that each person has into the keep it up. You're good at this, so. You know, I love to wash dishes. <laughs> okay. I hate to do yard work. Right. So everybody in the family has pieces that they genuinely like to do. So, you know, do it together. I love that. And where can people find yeah. you to work with you, Marla? Okay. So clearsimple.com. And I'll just go ahead and mention that if you want to know more about the steps, go to clearsimple.com forward slash steps. For the art of letting go, go to clearsimple.com forward slash art. And then if you want to just um, learn more about organizing, period, um, go to clearsimple.com forward slash resources, because that's where I have all of my, my best and favorite resources. And go to my website, because I literally have, Perry, a theme page for every area of the home and office. Oh, perfect. So clearsimple.com forward slash organized kitchen, organized bedroom, organized office. And it will take it will give you these great tools for how you can or you can use the steps to organize the different areas in your life. That is perfect. Thank you so much, yeah. Marla. This has been so interesting. And I'd love to yeah. hear, I'd love to hear from listeners, you know, how how did you incorporate these steps? How did you incorporate the steps? What did you learn from Marla? Because I think that's just great. Fantastic. Perfect. Yes. We would, you know, that's my passion is to set people free of the clutter and disorganization, but make it fun and easy. Yeah, that's, like I said, fun and easy. That's my motto. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank oh, you, Marla. Thank you, Have a Perry. wonderful day. It was so good to see your face. And thank you for listening, listeners. I will be back again. Actually, we're taking a little bit of a break, but we will be back. I'm in the middle of July. So thanks so much. And we'll talk to you soon. We can do it. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Do you want more life and laughter? Check out my blog at lnlcoaching.com and find me on Instagram and Facebook at Life and Laughter Coaching. See you again soon.